Some days are terrible, you wish that you were dead And some days are magical, like grape banana bread Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads The voices in our heads Hello, wow, you didn't kill yourself That's so great Hey, congrats this is the voices in our heads. I'm Christina Hutchinson, and I'm drinking espresso because it's two in the afternoon. That is my peak time of the day, smack dab in the middle of the day. That's when I flourish, right smack dab in the middle, right after I wake up, which is in the middle of the day. So you're getting the fresh new me. I'm also, boy, your girl has some realizations. Holy hell. I feel like a new person. I know I'm like, and then I read this book and then I read this book, but like, no, but like, then I read this one book I'm going to share with you at the end. And I'm like, I, I had the biggest aha moment. All these goddamn books I'm reading. You know, I was really hoping for a, a big click in this like self-help journey or whatever. Last last week, I think I was like, hey, what if this podcast is just you witnessing my unraveling? Yo, your girl raveling back up. It's kind of cool. I got knitted threads. Okay. Here's some dates. I'm going to give you some show dates. And I'm not going to repeat these every episode because I listen to a lot of podcasts too. And when comics say the dates at the beginning of every episode, it make it makes me mad. I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe that's my problem. Spoiler alert, it is. But these are some shows. If you're in New York City this Saturday, uh, March 7th, Wendy Starling and I co-host Glamour Puss at 8 p.m. at Zinc Bar. That's 82 West 3rd Street. We open each show as sex workers Nina and Simone from the 1920s. And it's one of my favorite shows to do. So you should please come to that. Thursday, also in New York City, Thursday, March 19th, Justin Silver and I co-host We're Not Banging at this stand. And that's going to be fun. We have a crazy good lineup for that. And then if you're in Houston, Texas, the 27th to the 29th of March, uh, me and a shitload of New York City comedians are flying to, Aust- uh, to Houston, Texas for Skankfest South. And I'm pretty sure there's tickets left for that. That's going to be fun. Boy, am I going to do a lot of drugs. I am. I'm going to find Beyonce's childhood home again because Corinne helped me find it last time. It's not the address that it says on the internet, which is good. But I'm going to do drugs and find it. Not in that order. I'm not going to find Beyonce's childhood house on drugs, but I am going to indulge in a lot of psychedelics. That's going to be really fun. If you're near Houston, come out. And then I'm going to Ireland April 4th through the 12th. And I'm doing a, a late two ladies podcast. I'm so excited. God, I'm so fu- I'm so excited that I'm like the new me and like the new me's going to Ireland just because I feel revived and like I can look at all the pretty things and I'll think they're prettier. Um, but I want to do shows and I know I got to, you know what? I just got to email my agent. <laughs> I don't know why I'm asking you guys. Hey, can you put me on a show in Ireland? I have an agent. I just have to email him. <laughs> You know how some tasks you you're they're on your to do list and you're like, yeah, I'm just never gonna do that. That's one of them. But I want to do it. I want to do shows in Ireland, and I have. There's a roadmap for me to do that, and I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, I will. But I'll be in Ireland the fourth through the twelfth, and I'm so I'm so I'm I'm cry, I can cry of joy just thinking about that. I'm so excited. I've never gone on a vacation by myself and it's going to be an educational one cuz I'm doing a lot of tours. <sighs> Fuck, I'm so excited. And then if you're in Austin, Texas, April 22nd to the 26th, I'm going to be in you for Moon Tower Comedy Festival. 
And I'm also going to be visiting my uncle who lives in Cedar Park, but you don't care about that part. June 11th through the 13th, I am headlining Helium Comedy Club in St. Louis. Yo, I wanted to go back to St. Louis for several reasons. One, I really liked the audience there. Two, it's the summer, so I'll pretty much go anywhere if it's not cold out. And three, but most importantly, the City Museum. That's the best museum in the goddamn world. I haven't been to all the museums, so I'm only saying that with my limited experience. However, I have never been so thrilled to be alive as I have in the St. Louis City Museum. And I know you, this, the name sucks. Guys, you got to get a new name for that museum. Because when, when Corinne and I go on tour, we'll say like, what's, you know, what recommend something weird to do. I love exploring a new town. And a shitload of people recommended the City Museum. I'm like, City Museum? Ugh. You know, kind of lame. This just sounds lame. It sounds so lame, especially knowing that it's the least lame place on earth. It's the best place I've ever been. It's a place to let your imagination just soar through the clouds like a bird, like an eagle, like a hawk, like a butterfly. <laughs> My butterflies all died. I know, okay? Don't give me crap. Um, but the city museum is like a 10 story factory filled with slides and caves. If like I learned like one lesson from like the first time I went, cause I've only went once, it's that get the knee pads. It's not for giving blowjobs. It's so that you can crawl around in the caves. And I will say for, I feel like I've been traveling, I've been traveling the world like a lot. Right. And, and America I've noticed is like very safe. Like they won't let America, like if, if I go to an establishment such as the city museum, for example, and there's like a chance a kid can fall, there's always just like people and like, be careful, don't do this, don't run. It's like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. It's like, it's like shut the fuck up. And the city museum is just like, honestly, kind of dangerous. <laughs> but they're like, fucking your fault if you fall. And I kind of like that. Like it's it's really, I'm so, there's just kids running around. I mean, there's just giant, not only is this like a 10-story factory filled with slides and caves inside, but outside of the city museum, it's just like five feet of metal piled on top of each other that you can climb and crawl in. And there's a, a plane, like an abandoned, like a like a gutted two-person plane that you could just climb this tiny little ladder. And I'm like, yo, motherfuckers can't fall, but they don't care, whatever. And no one was falling because you trusted us. And I just feel like that's a metaphor for something. What? I don't know. Hey, 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 let's do some fuckboy theater. How about that? Okay, we have a fuckboy. This is so great, man. This conversation is the ideal for fuckboy theater. It's with a lady and a fuckboy named... It's Kyle. <laughs> His name is Kyle. His name is really Kyle. I, um, I'm great. Okay, um, I'm just in such a good mood, guys. I'm so excited. Okay, fuck boy theater. Here we go. Give me a goddamn second. Work on these spreadsheets for like one second while I like channel my energy because I'm very sensitive because I'm an empath. But we'll talk about that later. Just give me one sec. And action. Hey, I have a business meeting Thursday, and I really need a date. Would you mind joining? And then the next day, which is November fifth, two thousand fourteen. I'd like a no if you can't. Sorry. No. November 9th, 2014. 
So can you be my date for this meeting tonight? A girl just canceled and I need this. It's at the East Side Grill. I'll be in your debt forever. And she doesn't write back. I wonder why. November 16th, 2014. I got money. Would you want to go on some dates? Don't want to date. Just want money. Smiley face. <laughs> okay, how can I arrange that? LOL. I have too much money. And if you really need help, I can assist you. Smiley face. Too much money? What the fuck? L-M-F-A-O. Um, yeah, my grandma won the lottery. My dad is head postmaster, and my other grandfather is an ex-IRS agent who heavily invests in stocks. So, yeah, I'm rich. I have 50 grand in my account and a car and a house. So I got everything I need. So, yeah, if you need help, I can take you on a date and help you. Haha, better than the OK Cupid and Tinder dates you've been on. Winky face. Well, I gotta go back for him, actually. I am not worried about dating, like I said. And you don't know anything about my dating life other than a silly picture I post on here. I was joking. Calm down. LOL. I know you think I'm joking, but I am not. Ha ha. <laughs> Money is nothing to me at this point. Manager of this certain bar that I'm not gonna name and grill making salary. Could get a company car, LOL. Just kind of chilling. And maybe I don't know your relationships or dates, but I wanna. And then she doesn't write back. And then on November 22nd, 2014, he says, A thousand bucks if you come tonight. No joke, LOL. And then he sends pictures, a photo of money. Yeah, that is a thousand dollars. Yeah, ten one hundred dollar bills. She doesn't respond. February fourth, twenty fifteen. What brand is that lemon pepper? Hmm. You should take this P ninety X class with me in Agawam. So I need a date Thursday. You be interested? No, sorry. Ha ha. I guess that's what I get. February 20th, 2015. Want to go to dinner tonight? I got coupons to Eastside Grill. February 24th, 2015. So you should join me and my instructor friend Lauren for Insanity Saturdays in Feeding Hills. March 12th, 2015. Also, you busy Friday? I got tickets to the Falcons for free for winning a contest. I don't know anyone who likes hockey besides myself. LOL. June 8th, 2015. Hi, Molly. How you been? I definitely think you could run it, Molly. You're in great shape. Plus, it's so rewarding. And after the race, it's basically drink wherever you want in Holyoke and everyone buys you beer because you ran it, ha. Huh? February 17th, 2016. Also, would you want to go see Deadpool? I need to go with someone, ha, 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 ha. February 23rd, 2016. So you back from Florida? February 28th, 2016. Hey, Molly, I was wondering if I could take you on a date. And then 10 minutes after that, 
be awesome if you said yes. March 10th, 2016. Hey, you running the Holy Oak Road race? November 8th, 2016. So you think I could take you on a date or you'd rather Tinder guys, huh? <laughs> September 13th, 2017. Where's your B-Day today, ha, ha, ha? And you hitting the bars? October 18th, 2019. This is, oh, so this is on Instagram. This is a reply to one of her stories. Where the fuck was this when I was in school, LOL? I have no idea what it was a picture of. Oh my god. November 1st, 2019. Again, a reply to her Instagram story. Sweet mother of God. Ha 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 ha. Where's the not safe for work filter? What? Well, she replied. January 6th. I hate East Haven. Every time I go there with a relationship or a date within a month later, that person I'm hanging with gets dumped or I dump them. LOL, that place is cursed. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so... No, I gotta be a thing, guys. I gotta be a thing, I think. I did, and I, and I really, I really tried hard and did a good job. God, some... Some people just don't get it. I and and I'm and I'm I'm perplexed by it, but I'm also just like, wow. I I feel like because I feel every goddamn thing everyone around me is feeling, including my own feelings, which are so intense most of the time, very intense, often unpleasant. Again, miracle we haven't killed ourselves, guys. Truly, truly. You deserve, you deserve a milkshake today, okay? Go on and get you a milkshake with almond milk if it'll make you fart. Anyway, I just, some people, man, they're so persistent on stuff. And that's how we accomplish our, like dreams and goals and shit. But like when it comes to dating and romance, relax. You know, I need that advice to every. We all need that advice. We all do. I'm not better than anybody else. <laughs> That's for goddamn sure. <gasps> oh, kill me. Mm. You know, I feel like we need a palate cleanser after that uh, conversation, or at least my heart does. And I'm going to read two poems to you. Man, I'm, I'm such an empath. I can't, I can't, I'm just truly, I've never really made a discovery about myself or had something click. I've never had something click like this in my life. It's kind of crazy. Anyway, I'll get it to it later. I keep teasing it. And I'm there, you're probably, Christina, I'm on my spreadsheet. Just fucking tell me your secrets. I'm like, to a better life. And like, I will, but just wait. Okay, I'm going to read a poem by Courtney Pepper and Nell. I'm going to read two of them. One is from her old book and one's from her new book that just came today. She's not paying me to do this. It's not a sponsored thing. I don't have ads. But it's, I hope you stay. It's a book of poetry. And, um, oh man. Okay, so this book, I'm going to read this poem from. It's called Pillow Thoughts. I think it's one of her first ones. And I read this poem and yo, it, it, it reminded me of years and years ago of a romantic situation I was in where I kind of said the last line, I love poems and I love when the last line of the poem is a stabbing of a sword, you know, cause that's what words can be. And that's why I love poetry. And that's why these fuckboy conversations make me so goddamn sad because you just take a second and think one second longer. 
You know what I mean? You could save everybody's strife. But this is a poem from her original book. Ah, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> me, 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 me. Okay. I, I have never known what this sadness feels like when you cannot feel the sun or the air around you. And time, they say, will heal you. But even my own mother doesn't know what to do. You said you wouldn't hurt me. You promised to keep me safe. You knew what the others had done, and I fell for the sincerity in your face. Maybe I deserved this for trusting someone who could manipulate so easily. Maybe I deserved this for not listening when mother knows best. But all I was trying to do was show you that even a monster can be loved. Oh, shit! She served you, bitch! You got served by Courtney Pepperdale. Goddamn. All I was trying, if even a monster can be loved. I remember the first time I read that line. This was like years ago I bought this book. And I was like, yo, I cannot wait for someone to piss me off so I can say that to him. Woo. <laughs> because I think it's, and it's, here's the other thing with me. <clears throat> here's a lot of things with me. I get so, man, when I don't like you anymore, Get the fuck out of my path. Do you know what I mean? Like, I love everybody. I really do. I, not only do I like everybody, I love them. Because you are innocent until proven guilty in the court of Christina, my friend. Okay? You have to really prove yourself to be a piece of shit. You have to work really hard for me to go, oh, you're a piece of shit. Now, granted, there are some people, and there's, I could maybe count, um, I don't need, I don't even need one whole hand to count the amount of people that I just hate for no reason. So they just piss me off and I, and I, and I'm, I don't feel bad about it even. I'm not nice to them to their face. I'm not because I don't, their, their existence annoys me. There's maybe like three people on the planet. They're obviously people I know, not like famous people or whatever. Cause like you can't, you just fucking relax, you know, don't get that annoyed by somebody you don't even know, but, and their existence annoys me. But <clears throat> for the most part, I love you. I really do. I really do. We're all out here. We're trying. We're doing our spreadsheets. We're not killing ourselves. We're rollerblading. You know, we're all just out here in this dog eat dog world trying to get a bone. And I'll give you my bone. I don't even care. You know what I mean? But boy, when I don't like you anymore. Woo. Even monsters deserve to be loved. Oh, shit. Courtney Pepper. No, but I just there. So there. But there's, you know, there's not people. There's not many people in, in the planet that I don't like anymore. But um, like friend breakups are what come to mind. Like, man, friend breakups are worse than romantic breakups. <sighs> they cut deep. And so I've had friend, I've had a couple friend breakups in my life. They're really bad, but it's a part of life, you know? So whatever, like accept it or whatever. Maybe like look inside, look within or whatever. Um, <laughs> one of the friend breakups was because the person was a lot like a pathological liar. And like, it's okay that you're a pathological liar. Like that's, I've never met anybody who was, and I'm going to, I'm so fascinated by that behavior um and i know like the person is kind and they don't mean harm but i just can't you can't be fr i can't be friends with you if i can't trust you because here's the other thing when you say something to me i fucking believe you okay when you say well now granted with romance sometimes guys are like i'm a mess don't come near me i'm like nah you liar you fucking liar my ex oh my god my, my like long-term ex i remember he told me at the beginning of the relationship he was like this is who i am and i'm not changing i'm like i know and that's why i love you I'm like no Christina that ain't a that's a rude thing to expect from a person 
when someone tells you they are believe them anyway i just that one poem that last line of that poem i'm like oh it captures it captures um what i wish i could communicate verbally when i'm that upset with somebody man i'm writing poems man i'm gonna write some poems and I, okay so i want to i want to read another poem because i just got this in, in the mail well amazon that's not really the mail it's, it's kind of the mail it's called I Hope You Stay. It's the latest book of poetry by Courtney Peppernell. Okay, and there's a little otter on the cover and it's like really cute or whatever. And I like that she categorizes, like there's like a um, table of contents, if you will. I don't know if I ever use that statement right, but I always tack, if you will, onto my sentences. Um, and this one, I forget which one this was. But this is a poem from a new book. Da, 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 da. Okay. <clears throat> whatever shut up a long time ago she used to believe all the roads in the world would not lead her to where she needed to go but she's older now and she knows roads crack in the heat and disappear in the snow but if she places one foot in front of the other eventually she will get to where she needs to go motherfuckers i added that last word Ooh. god guys life is fucking hard it's so hard i'm looking at my phone because i like made notes all throughout the week whenever i do these episodes if you give a shit uh i just like make little thoughts i i, I jot down thoughts all throughout the week and i record it last minute and to and send it to the guy mike coscarelli who edits this and puts this together i record this the day before it comes out so this is like fresh okay this is a fresh that's my tennessee accent and it reminded me that I hope everybody's okay. And I know everybody's not okay in Tennessee because theirs was some tornadoes. That's very scary. I woke up and I texted my friend and I was like, are you okay? And then he never, he hadn't texted me back. I'm like, ah, I just got to pretend he is for now. Fuck, don't you hate that? I hope everyone's okay. God damn. The news, I'm so sensitive. I'm so sensitive. But you know what's one thing that really helps me? come out of a funk and it'll help you too. I'll put some of these up on the, wait, let me jot this down. Resources, website resources. Because if I don't write it down, I'm not going to do it. And then you're going to be like, Christina, you lied to me and you're going to crash your car into the median on the highway. And I'm going to feel real bad. <clears throat> oh, new, I just wrote website, website resources. I didn't write what I was going to put on the website resources. News blooper fails. Local news blooper fails. I think on the first episode of this podcast, I played a clip from that b beautiful Irish weather reporter who said, do not make unnecessary journeys. It's just, oh God. Oh, that, but, but this, this isn't, this, that was not a news blooper or a fail by any stretch. That was a news flourish. That was a news take off and fly into the sky, you beautiful bird. But um, one thing that always takes me out of a funk, I was over my friend Justin Silver's house. I hang out with him a lot and his best friend, Jesse, who I love. I fucking love, I love hanging out with those guys. We like hang out a lot and like shoot the shit and like, and like watch stuff. But I was over their house. I was having a mental breakdown last week. And, and I was over... Justin's house, as I do, I go over to Justin's house to hang out and fucking, I was just crying. I was just, I didn't give a fuck. It's great to have friends that you can, um, you can just truly be yourself in front of. That is so, 
so vital to a good life, man. And if you can't be 100% yourself in front of your closest friends, you got to you gotta look in the mirror. Something, something's up. I don't know what it is, but something's up. You got to fix, fix it. You got to fix it. I'm not saying get new friends. I'm just saying like relax and be yourself. It's just so healthy. But boy, I was just, I didn't give a fuck. Tear, I was snotting on his couch, crying, and I didn't know what to do. I just, I felt, I was just so in my own mental hell, and it was, it hurt. Like my, the cells on, in my, of my body just hurt. God. And we put on local news blooper fails, and it made me laugh so hard this is the one thing that and um shred it's called it's the shred i think i've talked about this on the podcast before where somebody overdubs the voice over a video of a musician singing their hit song and they're like (laughs) take this broken wing and it's just like a bad voice it's a bad singing voice i think it's so funny when people sing bad (laughs) but these news blooper fails made me laugh so hard and it it truly felt like i my soul was like climbing a ladder out of hell (laughs) best way i could describe it um so if you are feeling really depressed i'm gonna put a couple of the links to news blooper fails that i've watched and like that crack me up all the time i'll put on the resource section of my website is i should probably say it it's com. christina being spelt the fucked up way k-r-y-s-t-y-n-a you know what not the fucked up way the special way yeah that's right i love me I've also been rewatching The Sopranos lately and I'm talking to people weird now. Like if I'm pissed off, I'm like, the fuck you say to me? Listen here, get over here right now. Get over here, come on. I'm like saying that shit. And the deli guy's like, okay, that'll be $15, Jesus. I'm like, don't, fuck, like, don't fucking look at me like that, Tony. Like my super's name is Tony, but I'm like, Tony. I pretend he's Tony Soprano. I fucking love that show because I love when like the hero is like complex and he goes to therapy. You know what though? I will. This is a critique of the Sopranos that no one needs or cares about, but I'm gonna give it to you anyway. I don't like the actress that plays the therapist. I think ugh, it bugs me. She bugs me. I don't like her. She might be a great, like I don't, not as a person. I don't know her. Uh, and I'm, I don't feel bad saying that because I'm going to own my feelings. God damn it. I just don't think she's great for that. I've never watched a show and I'm like, that was a misstep in casting. That's the only time I've ever really thought that, I think. Oh, you want to know what else I discovered? And I'm going to put this on the resource section of my website. Let me write that down. I forgot. One of the, um, I was sad and crying last week a lot. Oh boy, you should have seen me. I needed a diaper for my face. But I, I just, my mind was just spinning with, shit and one of the things that i remembered oh no i actually remembered this because someone messaged me about it dm me on instagram oh follow me on instagram christina hunch um is that i was in the melrose diner music video for this band called the wonder years they're a pop punk band and um i think I, i've talked i'm getting deja vu so i think i've talked about this before but i rewatched the melrose diner music video and i the video my ex um Steven, who he directed that video. That's how that's how we met. Um, we didn't start dating until a year later, but we met right after I graduated college. And it was such a fun experience um, doing that music video. But the plot essentially was like Megan Massacre, who's this hot tattooed chick, um, 
is it's like a backyard wrestling that's like the scene we're at a backyard wrestling ring and um charlie saxton is an actor and he is a big fan of the wonder years and i remember he like messaged i'm like i love you guys and he, they were like hey you want to be in our music video and then they asked me because i put actress for hire on my facebook status right after i graduated because i got a bfa in acting from marymount manhattan college i'm really good at acting okay and so i was in the music video but it was basically like you know the nerdy girl who's really supportive and she like she's like the the wolf's the wolfie's the guy charlie saxon plays that's his number one fan and she'll support him no matter what but he really wants megan massacre because she's got her titties out and she's a hot goth tattoo chick who's like sexy as fuck and i'm just you know some nerdy piece of shit and i'm like she may be beautiful but i have heart you know and um and then the there's like it's very plot heavy music video and he realizes that the hot tattooed chick megan massacre like is like just like fuck you you piece of shit you small dick piece of shit like i don't know i'm not saying that this person is small i'm just saying like she's she's her character's cunty okay she's cunty and sexy and i'm like i may look like a troll but i'll give you a hug so that's good and and i'm like the number one fan i'm like you can do it and then the guy and eventually the main character wins the race because I'm like, yo, you got this motherfucker. Pick your fucking chin up. Put your big boy panties on and kick that piece of shit's ass. And then he did. And I won at the end of the music video. I won. Yeah, I won. <laughs> but I was like, boy, ain't that a metaphor for my life and my day. Like, I'm way too supportive. But in the video, I won. But in life, not really. <laughs> meaning i won the guy but motherfucker okay yeah well i was watching that music video i'm gonna put that on the website red wreathway section on my website melrose diner music video um my brain is all over the place because it's smack dab in the middle of the day it is my time to shine one of the things that i used to do to make my best friend melissa laugh when she was feeling sad um <laughs> i'm gonna do it now it's gonna be so uncomfortable probably i might regret it i might not but there the movie um garden state with zach braff in it oh, i loved that movie i was in high school i think i was in middle school i must have been in high school because i was friends was i was friends with melissa at this point um but that soundtrack is amazing to garden state zach braff oh god bones shaking like stones all of us are done for. Um, there's this scene where this actress, this older woman actress, God, she's a famous one and I forget her name, but she sings once, twice, three times a lady at a funeral. But the way she sings it is so funny. And I'll sing that to Melissa uh, when she's sad or even when I'm sad and she's in the room, I'll sing it to her. Uh, so in case you're sad, this one goes out to you. <clears throat> Thanks for the times that you've given to me. The memories are all in my mind. <laughs> now that we've come to the end of our rainbow, there's something I must say out loud. You're once, twice, three times a lady. 
And I love you. Yes, you're once, twice, three times a lady. And I love you. I love you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I am such a beautiful singer. And you are so hashtag blessed to be listening to me. Commercial free. <laughs> anyway, I sing that song to her when she's um upset and i just wanted to i really there's so many things that have gotten me out of this funk that i realized i've been in pretty much my whole life one of them was news blooper fails the other one was singing that song that i just sang you're welcome by the way um the other one is listening to like sting songs and rollerblading but um i i came across this book and what I mean came across, again, that's not that's a lie. Somebody messaged me on Instagram. They DM'd me on Instagram. They said, hey, you're an empath. Read this book or like listen to this book. <laughs> I'm acting like I fucking discovered it. Oh, I make up stuff sometimes that I don't even mean to. But so this girl messaged me and I happened to see it. I, I checked my DMs on Instagram every so often. And I was doing that and I... Sometimes I just like I'll check a message someone will recommend something I won't even read what they wrote but I'll, I'll I'll scroll to my eyes will just scan right to the thing that they're telling me I should listen to or read and for whatever reason I just downloaded it immediately and put it on it was only three hours and it's called what's it called the empowered empath by Judy Dyer again resource section of the website you don't have to write this down like don't crash into the median. Oh, yeah, just fucking hiccup into the mic, Christina. That's good. The I'm writing this down. The empowered. <laughs> Put it on the resource section of my website so you don't crash into the median and you don't have to go, Where, what was it again? I hate when people who listen to a podcast message the hosts of the podcast and go, wait, what did you say? Bitch, you can rewind, okay? No, ain't no sympathy for the devil or for you because you got a rewind button. Listen to it again. Oh, my God. Help me help you. <laughs> anyway, somebody messaged me. It's the Empowered Empath. I read it right away, or I listened to it right away. <laughs> I got to stop saying I read books when I really just listened to them. And, uh, and I, I had this facilitated an aha moment. Many things facilitated an aha moment. One, one of them, I was in, I had therapy last week and I just broke the fuck down. I was, I was, I was snotting on her couch and then later that night I was snotting on Justin Silver's couch. Like I was just, and I was like, look, I know my body. I know my feelings. I know, I do know me as much as I'm like, who am I? Like I kind of, I do, I know. Sometimes it's just like dusty or whatever. You just kind of like dust off the shelf. But I, I was like, this isn't great. But I was very happy to be in a, in a state that I have described to my therapist before. I haven't been this emotionally, I haven't been this upset and this like, fucked up in a while and I was glad that I had therapy while I was in the state because I'm like you see this shit that I had to put up with sometimes when I go to therapy I feel like I'm I'm at the Apple store at the genius bar and I'm shoving my iPhone in their face and because it, it's not working and I'm like fix it you piece of shit and when I'm in therapy I'm like what the fuck this is broken hello I want to receive I want to return fix this please 
And it's like, Christina, it's a therapist. It's not Jesus. Jesus, she's she's busy, okay? Um, If she's even real, who cares? I don't want to bring religion into this. Well, religion, I think it can be a beautiful form of spirituality. Um, I Yeah, so I was happy to be in that state in my therapist's office because I'm like, this is... And, and one of the things I said, I was like, bro, broski? I don't call her that. Bro, I swear to God, dude, bro, let me tell you something, dude. Uh, I, if this is how my life is going to go, if this is how my life is going to feel, I'm done, I'm good. But that's, I felt at the, I was at, that I was at my wit's end. I couldn't, I was so upset. And the therapist really, when I tell her, sometimes I'll tell her things like, and she'll go, <gasps> like that, sh- that's not an exaggeration, what I, the impression I just did of her. That's not even an impression, that's exact. I'll tell her something like, and then so-and-so said this, and she'll go, <gasps> I'm like, yeah, right? That is fucked up. But every time she does that, I, I, like it, it feels... I feel like seen and heard. Sometimes it's annoying though. Because I'm like, yeah, lady, I know. I'm living it, okay? <laughs> She's a great therapist. Um, and I just, and I, I was having a trouble. One of the things that I do that does not serve me is in certain I guess it's mostly romantic. I guess there's there there have been times where I've been like this with friends. Um but sometimes the people in my life, like I'll, I'll, somebody will come in my life and they'll make me feel bad about myself. And it's not even like, it, it, it has to do with a lot of things. One that they, they'll say things and I'm like, wait a second, was that fucked up that you just said? Like there's been so many times where I've been in a green room with Corinne Fisher, my comedy partner. We close guys, we fucked. It's very good. Get it on Luminary. I highly recommend it. And, and and somebody will come in that like, I can think of four instances when this has happened. It'll be like a green or Corinne and I will be out and someone will come up to me and they'll say something to me and then they'll walk away and Corinne's like, what the fuck was that? And I'm like, what? They're like, that person was just a huge asshole to you. And I'm like, really? Uh-uh. Wait, were they? And she's like, yeah, they were being a sarcastic cunt. I'm like, wait a second, really? And it's like, fuck, they were. And she's not wrong. So I just, I can't. I'm really trying to figure out my instincts here because I really, everybody comes to the table in the church of Christina as starting off great. You got to really earn getting kicked out of the church of Christina. <laughs> that sounds narcissistic. I don't want to say that anymore. But I'm, but so I love everybody at first. And you know what? I'm accepting it because I've read this Empowered Empath book and truly all of the qualities about myself that I'm like, well, you know, that's just a fucked up thing that you got to deal with. And maybe it's because your mommy was sad when you were like a little kid. And, you know, that's why this quality exists. No, man, I'm a fucking empath. That's why that quality exists. And it's not a bad quality. It's a beautiful quality. And this little audio book that's only fucking three hours that this person DM me on Instagram really made me the, the big click that I had was all of these traits about myself. I look at and I go, Ugh, gotta put up with that until I figure out how to fix it. No, I don't have to fix it. One of the things my therapist has always told me is have some compassion for yourself. And I understand the concept of having compassion for yourself. And I was always under the impression that I had compassion for myself, but this, I had this click moment. I, I, I remember the precise, I remember how it felt the precise second it happened. So crazy. I w- it was late at night. It was Friday night. I had this therapy session and I really let a lot out. 
and 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 then I sent an I, I sent I messaged a person that I uh, feelings that I'd been keeping inside for uh, a long time, and that like again I am my I am a prisoner in my own jail cell, but the door to that jail cell is fucking wide open. <laughs> The door to the jail cell I choose to keep myself in. When I say my mental hell, that's what I'm talking about. My mental hell jail cell has a door and it ain't even closed. It it ain't even locked. And I have the keys and I'm wearing them around my wrist like a little jingly jangly little cute little bracelet. But the door ain't even closed. In fact, not only is the door not closed, there's a red carpet to the way out of the jail cell and it comes into my jail cell but I don't even step on it because I deserve to step on the cold cement of my jail cell that has a door that is propped wide open you know but one of the reasons I one of the ways I keep myself in my own little hell hole is by not expressing how I feel to people and sometimes it's because someone will say something to me and I don't realize it's fucked up until way later Sometimes I'll never realize it's fucked up. And let me tell you something. Ignorance is bliss, motherfucker. I would rather be ignorant to all this shit. Because if I was ignorant to it, I wouldn't be hurt. <laughs> the reason I'm so goddamn hurt is because I'm self-aware. I hate it. Nobody love it. No, but I don't know. Anyway, you see the shit I have to put up with? Fix me, Steve Jobs. Rest in peace. God damn. One of the, yeah, so I, I keep my feelings to myself and, and that really kills me. That murders my soul. And, and, and so I let shit slide and I let shit slide and then maybe I, the shit, shit went over my head a lot of times. And then I'm like, wait a second, I'm mad actually. And I don't want to believe that anybody would ever hurt me on purpose. And, and, that, and I, I, I still don't believe that. This whole, I'll, one of these updates, I'll cover um, the book, The Four Agreements. Um, one of the agreements that is just so fucking relevant to everybody on this goddamn planet is don't take shit personally. It's not about you, motherfucker. You know what I mean? So the way somebody treats you is just a reflection of them. But for an empath like me, oh boy, that's not how I see it. And, you know, boy, this book the empowered empath was basically and, and a lot of books I've read about like if you're like a sensitive person and there's there is a very large difference between a sensitive person and an empath apparently according to the internet there was a bunch of articles online and I found this and they had the exact same statistic statistic only one to two percent of the population are truly empaths and I fucking I didn't know that one of the reasons why I had this click was I was like yo I'm special okay you know what and that was what allowed me to walk onto the red carpet in my jail cell and walk out a little bit. Not the whole way, but a little bit out. Because all of these qualities about myself, like I'm sensitive to light. My stomach is so fucking sensitive. So sensitive. And I, oh my God, I hate bright lights. They like creep me out. I, I, they make me angry. I can't stand bright lights. It's the weirdest thing. I... I know when I'm when I call my mom, I can already I will already know if she's gonna pick up the phone going, Hey Christina, or if she's gonna pick up the phone going, Hey honey, how you doing? I know which one I'm gonna get when I dial. I, I and when I'm dating somebody or when I'm having sex with somebody 
and they emotionally pull away from me, I know the second that it happens. I don't know why it happens, but I know that it does happen. I know it. It's like a glaring eh, eh, in my head. And what's a girl to do? You know what I mean? Because it's like, you know, I think I believe that everybody I believe everybody on this planet is extremely intuitive, but I think women have more access to being intuitive because they're just encouraged to be intuitive. Um, more or they're encouraged to be in touch with it more. And if you're an empath, male or female, you are God, so intuitive that truly it, when I say it's a miracle you haven't killed yourself, it is. You're an open, throbbing heart. And there's all these crumbs on you. From other people's mouths. Ugh, I should write a fucking poem. <sighs> but it's it's so it's fucking hard to be an empath and it's so fucking hard. But but um understanding that it is rare for whatever reason, that was what helped the click to happen. I was downstairs in my bedroom. I had candles lit because again, you girl hates bright lighting. I have these electric candles because like I know I'm gonna fall asleep and like I don't want my house to burn down. Although if it did, there would be firefighters here, so making lemonade but I was downstairs I was listening to the end of this empowered empath audiobook and and then I go wait a second this is like a really special rare thing this is not like th th this is like a superpower basically this isn't this isn't uh, um this isn't a flaw and then I stopped the audiobook and I did some I looked up on the internet I'm like how many people are empaths what the fuck is the deal with this what's what's what 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 and it was like only one to two percent of the population are are empaths. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so all these things about myself that that have always been descriptors for me. I mean, that my friends would describe it. Bad. Like, I can't handle mornings. I oh God, I think it was the Empowered Empath book that was like empaths like suffer in the mornings. I don't know if I read that online. I read that somewhere. Like if you're an empath, it's one of the hardest things for you to do is wake up in the morning. I'm like, I cannot tell you one of the, 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 the top characteristics. If you were like, went up to any one of my close friends or like, what's like a thing that makes Christina mad. They'll be like waking up early. I am a, I am hellraiser in the morning. I fucking hate the morning. And, and truly I never really described it to my friends this way. Although they wouldn't be surprised hearing this the ones who have seen me function in the morning or try. It feels like I'm dying in the mornings when I have to get up really early and my body is not ready to get up. When my body is not ready to awake, it, it I can't, I, I am, not only do I feel extremely depressed, what a way to start the day. I also want to, like, I, when I want to die, my body feels like it's dying. I can't, and I never really said those words out loud because I'm like, Christina, you're pretty fucking dramatic, okay? And I say a lot on this podcast, like, I talk in hyperbolic language and I would like to stop. You know what? It's just, No, it's, I don't think it's hyperbolic. I just think that's really the intensity level with which I feel shit. And it's not the most fun thing in the world but if you can get on top of your superpowers and use them for good it's pretty cool i think i'm gonna play a chapter from this book um on how to raise an empath kid because this is this chapter again it's like sometimes my therapist will say you know a parent should look at a child and say this to a child a parent should take joy in their she'll just say like a parent should do xyz a parent should ask a kid how they feel or whatever as, as an example. And I'll be like, wait, really? Parents ask children how they feel? Like, wow. One of the, a message that I've been getting lately from people, a, a sentiment that has been 
echoed to me by multiple people this past week is it, for, it comes from mothers, uh, women around around my age who have children and they themselves are depressed and they are, and the message is always like um, something to the effect of it really helps to hear how you react to a, to your mother with depression, like how you reacted as a child because that brings self-awareness to me so that I can, you know, not do that to my kid or at least, you know, try to whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, my work here is done because I swear to God that this one woman messaged me about her son, like, and she's like, I'm depressed and I'm more self-aware because you talk about how you were affected. And I was like, yo, that's dope. That makes me so happy because that, I, not only was I born an empath, but I was born an empath with a mother and and my mother, the one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met on this earth. But during crucial years of my childhood, she was so severely, severely depressed that I wanted to die. And I didn't even know the words to identify that feeling, but I wanted to die as a kid. I didn't realize that that's what I felt, but I was like, that's what was childhood, I guess, you know? <clears throat> and so, it would have taken very little to have kind of put gently pushed me on a different path of like, hey, mommy's brain is sick or whatever. I don't know what you say to a kid to have them understand what depression is, but all the just the thing I needed to know was that it wasn't my fault. If someone would have been like, it's not your fault. Now, maybe that sentiment was echoed to me as a child. I don't, if it was, I don't remember. But, um, and I know my parents did the best they could. They really did. And, and that was during a time where people were not talking about shit the way they are now. The internet was not around when I was a child. And and we talk about things so much more openly. And oh, this is how we save the planet, motherfuckers. You just talk about shit. That's why whenever I am so game, and this is something that guys we fucked has taught me, I will talk about pedophilia, a molest, molestation, rape, like it's n- like not like it's nothing because these are huge concepts, but I will fucking run into that conversation. I am so not shy to talk about those things because the amount of people who have emailed us saying that that's happened to them and they never told anybody or they never knew that this was so widespread is hundreds of thousands of people. So it's like something, and and it's what a, what an easy way to to make an, a, an an emotional epidemic of the soul better by just talking about it, something Something as simple as talking about it will change people's lives. And that's why I'm like, yo, a lot of people were touched as kids. And that's, woo, that ain't great. That ain't great. We got to talk about it. Talking about it will make it stop. We'll make it stop. It'll make it happen less. Why wouldn't you talk about it, you know? And um, and so I'm glad. I'm glad that talking about having a mother with depression has um, resulted in those messages that I got, those were great. Those were really exciting. Anyway, that's why I wanted to play this chapter. Chapter, well, it says chapter 19 on the Audible app, but it's like ch- another chapter. But this is how uh, how to raise an empath kid. And the whole time I was like, wait, people do that? Like people like say that to their kids? So maybe like you'll like learn something. I don't know. Okay, ready? Tips for raising. Oh, by the way. I have to I have to say this. Judy Dyer wrote the book. She did not narrate it. I don't know what her voice sounds like, but the woman who narrated this book, nothing personal to you, lady. Your voice hurts me. 
the tone, you know, and you know what it is? It's the tone. It's like, hey, how are you? No, that dress fits really well. You're not fat. Like, that's the tone. Like, and I know she doesn't mean it that way, but that's how, again, empath, very sensitive. I don't like this woman's voice. And so if you have the same affinity towards a hi voice as I do, just, you know, buckle up, okay? But the words are really good, okay? And 15, tips for raising an empath child. Empath children are special and unique, but to a parent who doesn't understand the gift, it doesn't come across that way. You may think your child is needy, emotional, and oversensitive. You may have even punished your son or daughter because they tend to act out in ways you don't understand. Definitely happened to me. You want them to be happy, but don't think that encouraging their sensitivities will help them in the long run. And my father, uh, who's a Navy chief, chief in the Navy, retired Navy chief, fucking one of the best people in the world. But like, I remember one time he was like, why are you upset? Or like, why are you crying? Or like, my parents would go like, why are you crying? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Give me a break. I'm too. You may have accused your child of being too emotional. Uh This is especially true for boys. And told them that they will need to grow a thicker skin if they are going to make it in this world. That's fucked up. You have been to counseling, therapy, spoken to friends and family, but you just can't seem to figure it out. The thing is that you love your child and you refuse to give up on them. So you continue seeking answers. Jesus Christ, your kid isn't stabbing you. He's just crying. And fate has led you to this audiobook. All right, well, that's this chapter will help you if you are not sure whether your child is an empath or if you know your child is an empath and want some advice on how to raise them successfully. See what I mean with her voice? Like the tone sucks. Signs that your child is an empath. Always feeling unwell. Does your child always have an upset stomach, a headache, or a sore throat? Yo, my stomach always fucking hurt and I could never poop. Are they constantly complaining that they are in pain? Do you walk into grocery stores and your child is fine, then five minutes later they are complaining that something is wrong? I, I didn't do that chalk one. this behavior up to attention seeking, and some doctors have even labeled children as hypochondriacs. However, the reality is that highly sensitive people pick up on other people's illnesses. Thank you. And they can become so in tune with the other person that they actually start feeling their pain. And that is me and my mother. It's crazy how much I felt her pain as a as like a, a little girl. Although it can get quite frustrating having a child who is always sick, you should never take it out on them. Now that you know that they are not attention-seeking, showing your child that you are concerned, you care, and are there to support them is the most effective way to handle this trait. I will say I was accused of being attention-seeking when I was crying and sad, and that really hurt. <laughs> I mean, not just by my parents, but by like fr- like kids. I'm, and I'm talking as a child. And it, it Nah, it doesn't really happen much now, but I, re- I there are a few times I remember as a kid, like I was really upset and someone accused me of just wanting attention. I'm like, that, oh my God, that is so not what's happening here. Kill yourself. Extremely sensitive to the emotions in their environment. 
Empath children will tap into every emotion that is around them. If you and your husband have had an argument and you are trying to hide your anger from the kids, your empath child will pick up on it. I used to be upstairs while my parents were downstairs screaming bloody murder at each other. I had a finger in each of my ears and I was stomping and screaming because I couldn't, them fighting made my skin crawl to a level that I, I I wanted to leave my body. Emotionally, there is nothing you can hide from them. And children latch on to things such as energy, atmosphere, and body language. There is no point in trying to hide your emotions from an empath child because they will pick up on them immediately. That's the other thing when I was like, hey, whenever I, not even my parents, anyone, I'm like, hey, what's wrong? They're like, nothing, God. I'm like, wait a second. No, but I know something's wrong. Maybe something isn't wrong. Cue starting to doubt your instincts for the rest of your life until now because I've had a breakthrough moment. What you can do is be as open and honest with them as you possibly can. Yes. Obviously, there are some things that children don't need to know. In these circumstances, let them know that there is a problem and you are trying to resolve it. But try not to avoid telling them because they are too young to understand. With everything else, you will make things easier for you and your child if you tell them the truth. Yeah, empath children are basically like 86-year-old adults. Very responsible. While you might think that your child just enjoys being helpful, it runs a lot deeper than that. Obviously, there are some things that children Sorry, don't need to know. I had to rewind because this part really in resonates with me. Hold on. Hold on. This part. Because you know how I say like I clean the house all the time? Like I clean the house as a child. To resolve it. Listen to this. Well, try not to avoid telling them because they are too young to understand. Mm-hmm. With everything else, you will make things easier for you and your child if you tell them the truth. Okay, I already played that part. Very responsible. While you might think that your child just enjoys being helpful, it runs a lot deeper than that. Yep. Empaths feel as if other people's happiness is their responsibility. And can you fucking imagine being an empath with a mother with severe depression? Oh, I can. So much so that they will abandon their own needs Uh to go above and beyond the call of duty to help someone. If they can't, they get very upset with themselves. I used to, I used to, when I was a kid, we would walk around this one town in Pennsylvania and there would be homeless people and I would cry every time I saw a homeless person. And I, and my mom would be like, why are you crying? I'm like, I just want to give them a thousand dollars, but I don't have any money. And I would just cry because I I was a child because I didn't have any money for homeless people. An empath child might take on worries and responsibilities that they are too young to handle. You may have already experienced this, but don't be surprised if you are ever struggling with the bills and your child gets upset because they are too young to go out and get a job to help. Yo, wah. Let your child know that you are grateful for their help, but that they are too young to intervene in adult affairs. That is, I cannot let them know that it's not their job. They're too young. Yes, that's like the best thing this book has. Oh my God. So clutch info. And mommy and daddy have it all under control. Oh, can you imagine? Encourage your child to relax and have fun and continue to reinforce that it is not their responsibility to make other people happy. If so, okay, that's that's all I'm gonna play because I gotta go. I gotta go to the gym. But if someone fucking said that to me as a child, it is not your no one else's happiness. You are only responsible for your own happiness, not mommy's, not daddy's, not anybody else. 
and we have this under control. If someone was like, I got this, then that's all, that would have made my life totally different. And that's, the, this, this person I described writing a letter to this past week, um, because I was keeping my feelings towards this person uh, and the situation just to myself, because it's like, well, I got myself into this mess, it's my fault. And then I'm like, no, 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 fuck this. My feelings deserve to be heard. One of the reasons why I was so upset was this person had said to me once and no one, and it made me realize like not, very few people in my life have said this to me, but one time he said like, I got you, I got you, it's okay, I've got you. And, and when he said that to me, the little girl in me was like, oh, thank you, oh my God, finally. For whatever reason, like our bullshit, our, our emotional bullshit that happens to us as kids, like it pops up in romance more than it does in friendships because I know that my friends got me, I know that my friends got me. And I, I fucking, good God, do I got them and I love them so much, but when you're, sleeping with somebody and that's all right now i know like not that i one night stands were never my thing ever 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 i've i i had one i guess that was like the weirdest night of my life it was just a very weird night and i hated it because i'm like this is not my thing like i can't if i'm having sex with somebody that is so now that i understand all this shit about empaths i'm like okay i i really gotta like the fact that I'm not sleeping around right now, I was kind of like, what the fuck, Christina? You're like young and hot and like single and sleep around. And I'm like, what's wrong with my body? Like, am I not horny? Like, is my vagina broken? No, it's that I got to protect myself with that shit. I can't. Sleeping with somebody is an exchange of energy and it's a beautiful exchange of energy, but you got to, you know, do it with care. But when I sleep with somebody, I really connect with them. And that's why um, this one guy that I was seeing right after I broke up with my ex, um, I like what a beautiful soul this person is like truly beautiful soul and um and i but i started to become in tune with him immediately in terms of like i liked him a lot because i just got out of this long-term relationship and i just needed a hug and he was like whoa 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 and i knew that he was thinking that without me even having to have the conversation and that's it's just it's weird but but one of the reasons i was so mad at this one person last week was because i was mad at myself like again bullshit that like my feelings towards somebody else's actions are really my feelings towards what i lacked as what i lack in myself when somebody holds a mirror up to you it's not pleasant sometimes, but you got to look in the mirror, okay? And um, and so one of the things that I realized, this is a tangent, I don't even remember where I was at because I drank way too much espresso. But um, one of the reasons I was so upset at this person was because in my head, I'm like, you said you got me and you fucking didn't, dude. You said I've got you and that was a lie. Don't say that if it's a lie, you know? And I, but But really what that means, if I like take a second and think, is that I was never told that. And for me and who I am, I needed to be told that by a parent. Because then I would have had a solid foundation. It's like, hey, people could come in and out of my life and tell me I got you. And then they lied. Whatever, whatever. They can treat me however they treat me. That's that's Their actions and behaviors are a reflection of who they are. But I'm a goddamn force. So like, do you, boo. You can do you. People are damaged and injured. Most of us are. And that's okay. Um, but you got to heal what hurt you. So you stop bleeding on people who didn't cut you. That's a quote from someone. I, re I really don't know who said it. I think it was anonymous when I came across it on the internet. But yeah, 
I don't know. This fucking book, if you're an empath, I feels you, man. Woman, dog, cat, whatever. It's hard. This life, this thing called life, it ain't easy. Guys, it's not easy. But, you know, we just gotta, we gotta take care of ourselves. Take care of each other and be kind to each other. That's so, that's so, be kind. Tell people how you feel in a, in a, in a way that, you know, feels good for you. And also, you're your own best friend, and that's not a sad thing. It's a glad thing, okay? I used to say, like, you know, you just have to like yourself. You don't have to love yourself. Nah, you should love yourself. You really should. You're the only you in the world. Isn't that cool? That's pretty cool. You're the only you there ever will be. Read some poetry. Go rollerblading. Smoke a doobs. Um, and if you are struggling, I honestly, there's so many times that I've said to myself, I think I'm just too sensitive for this world. I don't have depression. I don't have, it's like, I don't have an anxiety disorder. I don't have depression. I'm an empath. Like that's, oh man, what a click, guys. What a click. What a click that was for me. Even, you know, I just, I need to have, that's one of the reasons why I need my apartment to be very specific. I have so many books and they're stacked they're color coordinated on my bookshelf. And like that, like just coming into this, I need my house to feel good. I need to walk into my living room and go, ah, by looking around. Because the world is full of monsters. And we need to make a safe space for ourselves at the end of the day, okay? And some of us are monsters and we all can be monsters. And that's okay. Because we're in pain and fear breeds shittiness. It really does. I'm going to stop talking now. I got to go. <laughs> but guys, we got this. It's so okay. Go rollerblading. Read some poetry. Um, don't look at your phone for a minute. You know, go back to your spreadsheets. Don't kill yourself. And I'll talk to you next week. My friends all say he's just a Listen up, Wolfpack. If you don't like who you are, if you don't like the world around you, if you wake up every morning feeling hopeless, scared, and sad, it's never too late to stand up and change. When we all work together and stay positive, everyone becomes their own champion.